We gotta go to the bullpen. Hello listeners and a warm welcome to the Highland Bullpen Baseball and Sports Podcast. Our bullpen bros will give a uniquely Scottish take on America's pastime. And in terms of baseball knowledge, it doesn't matter if you're a Hall of Famer heading for Cooperstown or you're fresh out of the minor leagues. This is the podcast for you. What Cameron Speed have you got, Dave? It's the Sanctuary Pale, so it's quite drinkable. I'm running dangerously low of fine ales. I don't feel comfortable when I'm down to the last few bottles of Yarl. Got a notification that Highland Bullpen added Tarek Scoogle. Highland Bullpen have made a move. <laughs> they know something no one else knows. Yeah. <laughs> the old classic scoops. Scoop for Scoople. 22 games in the Fantasy League, Dave. I suppose you have to be bold in these predictions, don't you? <laughs> well, how many wins will we get out of 22? Therefore, where would we finish in a team of 16, League of 16? My Twitter poll had something like 46% of people thought we would finish last. Really? <laughs> we, so the Highland Bullpen have entered the British Baseball Podcasting Fantasy League. 16 teams, 22 games. Which one of the Daves wants to tell us first? How many wins for the Highland Bullpen and what position out of 16 will finish? And will we make it to the playoffs? And we have rather hamstrung ourselves. I don't know what the baseball injury equivalent is, but I think we've done the right thing in choosing players from our four teams in the roster. So as Red Sox, who had a 24-36 record last season, uh, the Tigers, Mariners, neither of which made the playoffs. Um, so we relied a bit on Dave's White Sox. Nevertheless, I'm not entertaining thoughts any other than a winning season. So 22 games, so let's go 12-10. A winning season normally gives you a chance of a postseason. I don't know quite how that works, but... I think we've got some good players. You know, the pitching, don't quite know how that's going to stand up. But, you know, we've got Giolito, we've got Uvalde, Boston, some good young pitchers from Chicago and Seattle, Detroit. When Spenny comes back from COVID, yeah, I'm confident. A little bit similar. Yes, you know, the Tigers are not projected to have... A World Series winning year. I don't think the Mariners would be either. I think it'd be really foolish to write off the Red Sox and what they can contribute towards the team. Um, because again, there's some really good players, a good manager. Really interesting to see what happens there. And <laughs> this is where I shouldn't really get confident, but you know, the White Sox have got a good team. If you look across all the kind of betting lines, most of the, the kind of baseball podcasts that I listen to are White Sox related. So you're going to be drinking the kind of Chicago Kool-Aid at that point anyway. Those players contributing heavily throughout the season. Again, if, you, if you're looking at a pair of socks, the, the white and red, topped up with some of the star performers across the Mariners and the Tigers. I'd like to think we can produce a winning season as well. So, so I, I, yeah, I can't see why we can't win 23 of those. 
if my maths is correct. <laughs> As Dave said earlier on, we we have ham, hamstrung ourselves. We're trying to take that different approach. Try trying something a little bit unique. It also gives us an out if we finish towards the bottom of the table. Um, but we've got some good players there. There'll be some interesting ties. And it's, it's a good chance for us to expand the learning out with our own supported team into the other three teams and also just see exactly who the star performers are across the league out with their teams. So you know, that is, uh, it's a good chance to, to learn, uh, especially the first few weeks if we do really struggle. Interesting. You're both going for a winning season. I've had a quick check. I'm not 100% certain of this, but there are three weeks in the post-season. So I'm using my footballing analogies. I'm assuming that's going to go from eight teams to four teams to two teams would be logical. So half the teams would be making the playoffs, if I'm correct. So a winning season would then get you into the playoffs. I have just realised when we're in the playoffs, there is a potential difficulty we have in that I'm suspecting we might not be getting any points from our Tigers and Mariners players. (laughs) <laughs> potentially not from our Red Sox players. That's going to be interesting. There might be another draft, effectively, or you might just get a free shot at trading all your players that are not going to be active in the postseason. Yeah. You know, I suspect that's going to be it. Otherwise, it's going to be um, <laughs> just those White Sox players that are scoring the points. Of course, the other thing I've just thought about just now as well, I guess it is possible the championship season for the fantasy league might be in the regular season as well, which would sort of be sensible as well. But uh, yeah, let, let's wait and see. Let's not get ahead of ourselves and worry too much about it. I, I was a bit concerned Dave Jr. gave away the secret as to why we fantasy rookies went for that team selection when he said that we have an excuse it's <laughs> as opposed to loyalty to our teams. But uh, that, that's that's something to consider. My, my initial impression without having done any of this beforehand, was it selecting in that way, was probably going to see us get pumped on a fairly regular basis. I suspect if people are good at fantasy baseball and trade people in and out, we might be at a slight disadvantage. But but having looked at the team, pretty much when we were drafting, we had a fairly good run at the players we wanted, probably because nobody else wanted a number of them. But that, that allowed us to get a lot of the high-hitting White Sox players and one or two of the star Red Sox and Mariners players. So I'll go a little bit less optimistic than you guys and say we won't have a losing season, but we won't have a winning season either. So I'm I'm going to go for 11 games. And I think that's probably going to put us potentially on the edge of the bracket for the playoffs. Uh, Bracket, I love that expression. I'm looking forward to that. Two of us are in the central division here and one of us are in the east division. Dave Senior, what's your thoughts on the Red Sox? How are they going to get on in the division? Are they going to get through to the playoffs? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you look at who's in our division and you've got, you've always got the Yankees in there who are going to be competitive to say the least. And then you've got the Rays who contested the World Series. So you've got to think that really they're going to be sort of one and two unless something dramatic happens. I was looking at the Red Sox website and Alex Cora, the manager, said he's confident that the Red Sox, and I'm going here, will be better than last year. So they'll pretty well need to be, seeing as uh, as I was saying that their record was a 24-36. They're bound to be better. In Alex Cora, we trust 
I think he will make a huge difference. They've always got good players, haven't they? I mean, they their, their payroll is one of the highest. So, you know, they've always got a deep squad. He's still looking at the at the list and it does still seem unfathomable to me. You know, that outfield, the sort of largely homegrown outfield of Benintendi, Jackie Bradley Jr., Mookie Betts, They've all gone. I mean, they won the World Series with them in 2018. Which, but they've still got great players throughout, you know, Beavers and Bogarts. Even in the outfield, they've got this guy, Alex Verdugo and Frenchy Cordero. I like that guy, Michael Chavis, who we saw in, in, in London, and I'm hoping to see him play. And I read something about another prospect you might see later in the summer, Jaron Duran. As for pitching, which, you know, is always vital, Erod's going to come back, but I've heard that he's got something referred to as a dead arm, which sounds pretty serious to me. If it's anything like a dead leg, it won't keep him up along, but he was going to be the opening pitcher, which is a big deal on opening day. So he's he's the ace on the team, but they're saying he won't pitch on Thursday. He might not even miss one rotation, but he'll be back. You've got Chris Sale, might see him later in the season, but he hasn't thrown off the mound at all. It's a, it's a year pretty much to the day since he had his Tommy John surgery. After that, we'll, we'll, we'll soon find out. I'm, I, I wonder if uh, one of the guys who emerged last year, rookie Tanner Houck, if we'll see him. You know, I am always feel pretty confident about that the Red Sox will be competitive. And although they might not beat the Rays or the Yankees to first or second spot, I'm expecting them to be pushing for a wild card. A winning season and an outside chance of a wild card. Yeah. Hello, Highland Bullpen listeners. I'm Richard, known as Rico to my fellow bullpen bros. When it comes to baseball and soccer, my heart lies in the West Coast. Over in the States, the Seattle Mariners are my team. And back home in Glasgow, Scotland, my heart lies in the green half of the city with Celtic. I love other sports, primarily boxing and MMA. And the, and the White Sox, a winning season for the White Sox or, or not? Uh, I'd like to think uh, a winning season. Not everybody fancies the White Sox to have a winning season. Um, some decent odds out there. If, again, because I'm reasonably new to baseball, I've still got this bit of optimism uh, <laughs> because everything feels, since I've started to understand the sport better, I've still got that real optimism. I'm sure that pessimism and defeats will come as the years roll by. Yeah, I mean, everything All everything that's been done in the last four, five, six years has been getting White Sox into this win-now position. It's a really strong batting lineup, which was proved last year. I think what let us down was um, some of those younger guys coming in, just that lack of experience, no shame in, in that, um, and a, a little bit of inexperience and quality when we're pitching. So having made the acquisitions that we have. Really strong top three in Giolito, Lynn and Dallas Keichel. Really strong fourth and fifth in there, but what really stands out is a fantastic bullpen, which has been enhanced by uh, Liam Hendricks. You know, that, that's going to be really exciting. He adds a bit of character, adds, adds something special coming in right at the tail end there. But again, you've got guys like Bummer, Crochet, Rodon. You know, f- fantastic ability. Uh, all throughout. Again, I've, I've mentioned it before, but the power that those guys have got running through the back order is, is great. You've got Abreu there. Tim Anderson's just a, a machine when it comes to, to batting. 
does so so well running all the way through Robert Moncada you know even Grandal when he comes up is going to do something the last couple of seasons the DH position has let us down a little bit we've we've looked to try and bring an experience Encarnacion who who always done so well but it just kind of frizzled out last year so we're taking the opposite approach this year we've got one of our prospects Andrew Vaughan coming up again he's missed out on that uh, lower league experience that everyone all these rookies would have would have picked up last year Triple A but he's a real prospect the only worry that I've got is with um, our fantastic I'd say fantastic left fielder he's a good left fielder Eloy Jimenez but where we'll miss him and, and his six month injury is the bat but it looks as if we're trying to crowbar Vaughn into his position and although from an outfield point of view there's not a huge mantle to take up there it's it's a lot to ask of a rookie really lead things off from a batting perspective and um, make a position his own. Uh, we've got Adam Eaton coming in in, in right field. We've got my little legend, Nick Madrigal, uh, who will hopefully have, have a fantastic season at second base. You know, Madrigal, he's not a home run type of guy. He's not got that power. The other guys that I've mentioned, whenever I've watched them, he, he hits, he makes connection, he gets on base, he brings guys home. He's just... I really love watching him. I think you know he's a smaller type guy. He he just looks a good guy. I'm really excited to see where that that lineup uh, takes us throughout the season, Alan. Many wins. I would pitch us somewhere. I know the the natural number to always stick out would be a hundred. I think if you can get late nineties, I'd be really really happy with that. And please forgive me for saying this. We don't have a massively. I don't think we've got a stronger division as the Red Sox, Tigers and the Royals might be a bit of a toss-up for fourth and fifth. The Indians aren't as strong as they have been, but they always seem to have such a strong pitching set-up that it makes it, makes it hard to rule them out. The Twins are just consistently there. They're consistently a playoff team. I think the division's ours. I'd, I'd like to be aiming towards the 90s for wins. Uh, again, if you can hit that, Triple figure amount, you're doing fantastically well. In a weaker division, it could potentially be there. You win the division. How are you getting on in the championship series? It might all focus on, on Dave's outcome. Yankees are the Rays. Yeah, I, I really do. I think that could that could head out. Again, looking at the betting, Yankees are always up there, but the White Sox are kind of in those couple of top two teams as well for, for winning the pennant. You've got a lot of young guys coming through at the White Sox. There's a lot of hope, a lot of potential there, which has to be to be realised first before you can start projecting on these things. But you know, the experts seem to seem to feel the White Sox can get there. I would just rather they build up that bit of confidence over a, a 162-game season and take that into the playoffs rather than doing pretty well over the 60-game format last year and then just not having that experience to, to take it on. If I'm hearing you correctly, you're thinking 2022 as, as a challenge for the world champions. No. Yeah, I, I think it really depends. You see how this season goes. Why not? Why not? The Yankees, they're, they're a fantastic name for a reason. They've not won it in a few years. They're, they're beatable. If this team, this young, energetic, powerful team can get on the go there's absolutely no reason they can't make the World Series and if you get to the the big show you know so I, I don't see any reason why not but I wouldn't be surprised if the White Sox didn't have their name in the trophy at the end of the year um, but I think when you're talking about 2022 
I don't see why it can't be 21 and 22. You're not building a, a big name team for, for one season only. There's a lot of good players there, young players that could absolutely uh, be forced to reckon with for two, three, four years. I think Dave's got it right. You know, it's it's, it's our, it's the Highland bullpen's best chance of glory this year, isn't it? and probably for you know, next year as well. They've got good players throughout, haven't they? You know, in batters, and you look at the starting pitching, you know, it really is top class. You've got the, a great potential, well, not potential, a great closer in Liam Hendricks. Um, the bullpen, I think Crochet will help knit the bullpen together, Dave. No, I was just going to ask, if you finish with the White Sox, how do you feel um, the Tigers will fare this year? Yeah, new manager. You've got to be hopeful the new manager is going to, going to push us on. A few young guys not quite ready to come through. I think Scooble and Mize are looking to start, so bringing the younger guys through a wee bit. I'm not going to go over the, the top of that. I don't think you can with the Tigers just now. I think it, it's one of those everlasting rebuilds. I, I'll, I will go and say we'll finish fourth, hoping we're going to finish above the Royals. That'll be an element of progress. How many wins? Let's get it into the 70s. Is that going to be possible? Probably the low side of the 70s. Cabrera, he'll be our home run champion again this year. He's going for 500 home runs this season. He's aiming for that record. And he's also looking to get his 3,000th hit in Major League Baseball. So two big achievements coming up. I think that Yeah, that's Hall of Fame material, isn't it? I watched a wee bit of spring training. Nice wee home run after my man Daz Cameron had drawn a walk and was standing on first base. He's going to play AAA with Toledo Mudhens. Who's going to be our best pitcher? Matty Boyd's obviously leading off opening day. You've got to put him in as our, as our best guy. But you also hope that the likes of the youngsters can maybe come through, start to pick up a few wins. Now then... You'll hear me referred to affectionately, no doubt, as Yorkshire Dave, and as such, I'm honoured to be part of the Highland bullpen. I qualify by virtue of 37 years residency in Scotland, split between those two fine cities of Edinburgh and Glasgow. I grew up in Leeds, so predictably my allegiances are Leeds United, Leeds Rhinos and Yorkshire County Cricket Club. (laughs) My Scottish team of choice is Hibernian FC, and in baseball, it's the Boston Red Sox, who I first saw in 1993 at Fenway, and again at MLB London twice in 2019 with the rest of the Highland bullpen. Still haven't actually seen them win a game. Some say I should go more often. What we will do this year is we will introduce the Highland bullpen division. We will record the scores of the games between our four teams. So the Mariners, the White Sox, the Red Sox and the Tigers. I think that's a minimum of 21 games. A couple of teams are playing 30, a couple of playing 21. It's a reasonably sizable league. I'm going to go for the Tigers finishing third above the Mariners. The, mm-hmm. the White Sox, you presumably think they're going to win that division? Fighting talk, Alan. Well saying that Richard's not here just now. We're really getting them to fourth place. I'd like to think the White Sox... It would be folly if I didn't suggest out the four teams they would do pretty well. So I, again, considering we've got the tight, you know, White Sox will play Tigers quite a lot. I think that might dictate how our little four 
team mini league. That probably puts the Tigers down a wee bit. Yeah, yeah. The the Tigers and the White Sox have about thirty games, and the Mariners and the Red Sox have about twenty games. Just uh, looking at the White Sox's uh, <laughs> schedule in April, they play all our teams, don't they? They kick off with the <laughs> our friends' favourite. <laughs> 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 I'll never get this right, but the the Los Angeles Angels, Angels, the the Angels, Angels. Yeah, that's it. Something like that. Yeah, then then they play a three game. They're on the road, aren't they? Yeah, Seattle, Boston away four game series, and then at the end of April, yeah, Detroit three game series at home. So <laughs> yeah, we'll learn something there about rivalry. What do you reckon for the Red Sox in that division of four teams, Dave? The more I think about it, the more sort of bullish I'm getting, really, because in most most sports, it really matters who's in charge, who's your manager, who's your coach. Get Alex Cora back. You know, players, you know, won the World Series with them just a couple of years ago. So most of the guys are still there. He'll have them up. He'll have them ready. In the 21st century, you know, Boston expects, don't they? I look forward to measuring that because that's a, that, that should be an annual competition with a an element of glory for one of our teams every year, if some may achieve that anyways. I think there should be drinks on the line, Alan. Yes, the winner buys a couple of rounds. Well, let's not get hasty about it. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering as well, guys, opening day. How does opening day compare in your thoughts compared to opening day of the football season? Opening day in baseball, quite a unique and exciting event, as it is in football. But it's quite a few differences there or do you see more similarities and differences it's a really big deal isn't it not quite sure where that comes from bringing it it's america's game the promise of summer to come i think it's different to football i mean said that this week actually or last last friday was the opening day of the new super league rugby league season you know i've been sort of looking forward to that uh, now I'm back in Yorkshire. I picked up a membership last season, season ticket holder, myself and my wife, <laughs> Lorraine. <laughs> that was a Christmas present. <laughs> Kept it going this season, despite the fact that we might not get to, to go there. I think along with a lot of rugby league fans, especially the Rhinos fans, kept buying their season tickets. And one of the great things that they've done is that if you're a, a season ticket holder member, then you get access to all the live games on the Our League website. Yeah, it'd be great to be in somewhere in the, for opening day. You, you've done it, haven't you, Alan? I've, I've done it in Detroit and actually in Toronto as well. Well, the Detroit one, this always bemused me that the opening day game was rained off. I think I've said before, I... I've been to plenty of Rangers Celtic games, plenty of Scotland England games, but I've never seen so many severely drunk people around a, a football a sports stadium as I did in Detroit. So fair fair play to the locals. But they didn't consider day after, which was then the first day to be opening day. So it was like the social experience of opening day was the first of April or whatever it was. Opening day was not then going to be the first game. The day so they're tailgating. Opening day in Toronto, they did all the the whole teams were out, the whole management teams were out. Uh, so it was a great spectacle before the game as well, full house. That moment, it's it's what you said about coming out of winter. We start our football season as we come out of summer, going into autumn and winter. 
we're heading towards a grim period. So it is that hope. It's also interesting as well, I was sort of thinking about football, you've got this situation where when the first league game of the season takes place, you've already had potentially European football. You go back to the good old Inter-Toto Cup games, but uh, the, the Premiership teams will have played European football, certainly in Scotland, possibly not in England. You have the usually the league cap, I think, in the group stages in Scotland kicks off before the league. That makes it quite different. Plus, pre-season friendlies, there's no fixed nature to that, whereas spring training in baseball is very... Every team are playing 20 games over their 24-day spring break in Arizona or Florida. So it's quite a different setup. And pre-season friendlies in football tend to be not very competitive, interesting games. It's more about getting fitness rather than trying too much out. I don't know enough about baseball, but I don't. I think they are playing genuinely competitive games. Yeah, they will put people around potentially in different positions. And- I think you're right there, Al. Just, I was never particular one for friendly games, but actually when I moved to Edinburgh, I went to a few pre-season friendlies. Funnily enough, Leeds United played Heart of Midlothian pre-season in 81 and 82. So those were my two first visits to Tynecastle. Actually, my first visit to Easter Road, I think, was in 81 as well, probably at the beginning of... The 81-82 season. George Best had played for Hibernian in 79-80. Was it San... Would it have been San, San Jose Earthquakes? Earthquakes. And they were playing in the, the pre-season friendly and I, I went along to see George Best. Dave Junior, you got any thoughts on opening day? I really do. I mean, when it comes to football, everybody's got great memories about perhaps derby games big wins, important wins. But if you're talking about the day itself, two have always stuck out to me in, in Scottish football. And it's Scottish Cup final day and opening day. I've always had this little routine that I would do in both of those days. I would go and get my hair cut first thing that morning and just feel feel good for the day. Maybe even time my monthly shower. Uh, just have an absolute double, double whammy of a day. The, the reason I, lo- I love those two days and again, the Scottish Cup final was regardless of, of who played. I just always thought it was great. Um, I'd often sit down and watch the final with my dad. Maybe my brother might pop in as well. You know, you'd love the whole build-up, getting to see the final played out. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to get along to a, a, a few Scottish Cup finals as well. But even opening day, sorry, first game of the season, one of the reasons that those two days really stand out to me, we don't have great weather in Scotland, but we seem to always do pretty well in May and August. Quite often you've got an absolutely beautiful day for the Scottish Cup final. Sun shining. It just it feels good to be alive and watching football. And it's very often the same whenever the SPFL cutting razor is. Everybody's hopeful. Everybody's got a new kit. You've got new players that haven't disappointed yet. You've got the sun beating down. You've maybe met some friends for a drink. Nobody's been beaten yet. You know, pre-season, if you've won every game, you see it as a great indicator to your season. If you've lost every game, Ah, pre-season doesn't matter. It's all about today. It's just everybody's hopes are still high. And then, of course, the phone ends at night. Somebody needs to get sacked and it's it's awful uh, and so on and so forth. MLB, again, opening day is new to me. I love hearing about your experience, Alan. It sounds, I'm not sure of the right word, the right phrase, but it just really, it sounds part of America. It sounds part of what they're all about. And it brings in what Dave says as well. It just, it seems part of American culture, of their history. They love it. And I'm, I'm really looking forward. So I'm really fortunate 
Uh, the way that public holidays work out this year, uh, I've got this Friday and Monday off. I'm thinking we've been off on Friday. I'm just going to stay up towards the end of the, the evening. I'll stay up. It just feels quite exciting. Um, and again, it's that that air of expectancy, that air of hope that your team can either prove everyone right or prove everyone wrong. I, I was wondering as well, when we talked about football pieces and friendlies, I don't know if either of you have got any more knowledge of this, but if you've got a new signing in your baseball team, when you look at a football player playing pre-season friendlies, I don't think you read an awful lot into that because he's probably put out there for the fans to see him. You'll you'll know roughly what he's capable of, but you're not really going to know what the, how the manager wants to use him in a game. I'm assuming in baseball spring training, position players are such that they just go out and do their stuff anyway. So the management team aren't holding any secrets back. Is that a fair comment? Yeah, I'm sure that we are very uneducated when it, when it comes to these things. If I'm standing back and being as basic as I possibly can, if you're standing at the at the plate with a bat to face a picture, does it matter which uniform you've got on? Again, in football, you're, you're perhaps trying to read different runs from your teammates or what who does what. If you're batting, does it matter effectively who's in your team or which team you're against? Absolutely, the picture and what they're going to throw. But One last comment I'd make. Southside Zoe picked up on this when we were chatting to him recently about the White Sox with promotion and relegation. If you have two teams that have been promoted into your league, you potentially have four sets of fans seeing a new team, two of them potentially at new grounds. That brings something new to opening day. But for us, in, in, a, in a fairly small Scottish league of 12 teams, you're then seeing one or two teams potentially you've not seen for a couple of seasons. So that's that's good then as well. So there are a few wee differences. It's probably worth people being aware of that. So I've caught up with the two Daves and we've chatted through their predictions for the White Sox and the Red Sox. Now I'm going to catch up with Richard and find out what the Seattle Mariners are going to do. So three questions for you here, Richard, just to get your predictions. Go for it. Tell me, American League West, Seattle Mariners, winning, finishing bottom or somewhere in the middle? Middle of the pack, Mariners, I suspect, this year, Alan. Uh, although I think, we're, I think we're on the rise for quite a lot of last season. I know it was a shorter season. They kept up the pace, you know, they weren't, they finished not too far off the, you know, the kind of playoff reckoning. And, and I think if Kyle Lewis can maintain the form over a, a regular season, over the 160 odd games that he showed to win Rookie of the Year last year, he could be the engine and the Mariners team could get, could get pretty close. So aiming, Middle to high would be where we're aiming, I think, Alan. Cool. It's, um, I'm a wee bit concerned about that because when I come on to my second question, you might now be giving me an answer which I'm not going to like to hear. So, so the big league, we've got the American League and the National League. We've got the East Divisions, the West Divisions and the Central Divisions. This year, there's a new league, a seventh league. It's the Highland Bullpen League. There's only four teams allowed to enter this prestigious tournament. What we want to know from you, Richard, and we're only counting the games they play each other in, so we're reverting to traditional Scottish football scenarios. Where are the Mariners finishing in that four-team league? I would like to think we'll spring a few surprises, Alan. I would say that would be be my hope there. Taking home the big prize is probably a little bit beyond the Mariners, but equally, I don't think we're going to finish bottom of the pack. I'll even be a touch more optimistic. I think the Mariners will shock everyone by finishing second in the Highland Bullpen League. Good, so there's competition 
For a second, nobody's claiming fourth place yet, so let's see as the season progresses. As it should be, Alan. Everyone should start the season with confidence. We all look forward to opening day. That's the day when all the dreams can still live. Give us a couple of weeks and we'll be crying into our beer as per usual. And my final question for predictions, Richard. We were lucky enough to be invited to the British Baseball Podcasters Fantasy Baseball League. We've put together a strategically well-selected Highland bullpen team. There's 16 teams in the league. There's 22 games before we get to the championship series. How many wins for the Highland bullpen team out of 22? And where will that place us? Well, I think we should point out that Highland bullpen, we're purists here at the Highland bullpen. Our team is purely made up of Red Sox and White Sox, Tigers and Mariners. So we've made it deliberately hard, Alan, but that's kind of challenge we relish here. I think we should aim for 500. I think a 500 season, given those restrictions, given the limitations we've placed on ourselves, I think that would be a real a real success. Got to be ambitious opening day. Some opening day optimism. I reckon we'll hit 500 this year. Excellent stuff. Absolutely. And we'll, we'll try and bring home the podcast pennant come, come September, October. Hi, I'm Alan, and I put the Highland in the Highland bullpen. I'm originally from Dingwall, where I was brought up watching Highland League football, supporting my local team, Ross County. We are now, of course, in the Scottish Premiership, along with my big team, Rangers. I love watching sport, and I love playing a bit of sport. I play golf and I cycle. I'll travel to watch sport when I can. I've got into American sport in the last few years, and I'm all in for Detroit. So it's lions and tigers and wings, with a bit of pistons as well. (laughs) 